Oh, hello there. My name is Puno. I'm the founder of I Love Creatives, and this is Girl Boss Radio. Oh, man. I am very excited. Do I start off every episode with I'm very excited? Oh, man. All right. But this one, I am. It's because I'm bringing on a friend, a creative collaborator, and someone that really inspires me. Her name is Rachel Nguyen. And some of you might know her. She goes by That Chic on YouTube and Instagram. But it doesn't matter if you know her or not, because you're gonna get to know her. You'll hear about this more in the episode, but she grew up as a blogger on Blogspot and has seen the evolution of influencer to content creator and has herself gone from influencer to content creator to YouTuber. And she has been experimenting and playing on the internet and making a living on the internet and making a living being a personality, being an influencer, creating content on the internet. And that's a tricky thing. The reason why I wanted to bring Rachel onto the show was because I'm fascinated by how she approaches content creation. Right before COVID, I was actually in Peru with her. And you know, when you're traveling with someone, you're spending a lot of time. And we would just always talk about the creative process. And then we were like, we should make a course about as a content creator, what is her creative process? I started writing down notes and one thing led to another. And we decided that we were gonna make a course, actually a gigantic workbook about her creative process. I've been so inspired by how she approaches content creation. Rachel is down to share everything she knows, which is rare. And as a course creator, I was like, yo, if you are down to share everything, let's do this. And let's get every single part of the process from how you create content, how you think about it, how you program your content to making briefs, to executing, to editing, to pitching, collaborating, to what you write in a freaking email, to everything. You know, this industry is really new. And one, you kind of feel like an imposter because you're just like, wait a minute, I just figured this out like two years ago. But also that's how you make money. So in this season, we wanted to show different versions of success. But as a teacher, as an online course creator, it was really important that we give actionable next steps. And the way that I wanted to do that was by talking to people that are naturally transparent and down to share. And I think you felt that with Kaylee McCloyd when we talked about digital e-com marketing and Taylor Loren when we talked about social media. I think one of the places where we can really break down barriers is by sharing as much of the nitty gritty information and not just all this inspo stuff. You know what I'm saying? We need to talk about the nuances of jobs that don't necessarily have an answer or a listicle. That's why today we have Rachel, who happens to be one of my favorite video content creators and also is just like a great friend. I always love watching Rachel's work because one, it's raw and feels uniquely her, but on the other end, it's also approachable and something that I understand. It's like a really good song that you can just dance to because it's approachable, but it's also like, ooh, this hits. 
And as we've been making this course together, I've really been peeling back the layers of how she thinks and the questions that she asks. And what I love is that she's down to clown. She's like, yeah, you want to talk about that? Let's go there. Let's open my brain. I want to know how she thinks about creating content, not just for brands, but also for herself, because creating an online presence, it just doesn't come easy. And then even once you've, quote, figured it out, you eventually get bored of it. And in this episode, we talk about how to evolve as a content creator, because I mean, let's face it, trying to evolve publicly online, it's a process. It's something that we're very critical about and we judge. I do it myself. But at the same time, when we try to do it for ourselves, it's really hard. We're all evolving. Darwin got it. We've been evolving. But on the internet, you can see it. You can see it in your feed. You can see it in your tweets. You can see it in your videos that you've created. The evolution of who you are, it's incredibly visible. Whether it's content creation or you're just trying to do something a little bit more creative in your life, you hit roadblocks and you feel defeated by it. I've met so many people at I Love Creatives that want to be more creative and want to make things and want to share their perspective. But sometimes it's really hard for them to do that. Whether you're already a content creator or you're out there listening right now and feeling like you just wanna make and build and be creative and share your perspective, but there's just been this hesitation. This episode is for you. Cause I swear, every time I talk to Rachel, I am always pumped and then I always wanna just go out and make something. So hopefully you'll feel like that after this episode as well. Okay. Alrighty, with that said, let's get into it. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me here. This is like kind of monumental, like girl boss. Girl boss. I know. But like girl boss through your eyes. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I you're one of the first people that I told about it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, we kind of spent a lot of the pandemic talking a lot. Yeah. Because so we have been creating a course together and it was actually because we were in Peru right before COVID. And I mean, you know, when you're traveling, you just talk about everything. Yeah. And we talked about your process a lot. Well, you were asking me a lot of questions. I asked so many questions. I mean, hello, girl boss host. <laughs> She loves to interview. You were interviewing me in Peru before I even knew what was happening, <laughs> before we even knew about this podcast. Yeah. So this is a very natural segue for you is to like actually have a place for you to interview people because you do that to your friends anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then you also did it to me and we made this like online course together, which was very cool because I Love Creatives is such a great platform for people to learn things. I like to teach. We had an episode with Chani and Sonia, mm -hmm. and Chani's an astrologer. Uh -huh. And I told, you know, she, June 11th, 1984, Houston, Texas. And she's like, oh, you love to learn <laughs> and you love to teach. And I was like, damn, that is like, <laughs> that's a beautiful trait to have. We all have our quirks, and some of the quirks actually work out in our favor in capitalism, and you were able to capitalize on that. Oh, man, capitalism. We're going to talk about that today. Oh, 
okay. <laughs> okay, I'm ready, I think. <laughs> well, because today on this episode, we are going to be talking about the future of content creators and capitalism is a little, it's a little part of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is such a topic that I love talking about only because it gives me space to like ask myself the right questions. It gives me space to like think about how to evolve. I mean, you're such a great like soundboard in general. So like it always feels like therapy talking to you because I'm like, Same. this is how I feel. <laughs> uh, you started off as a blogger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In uh, like 2008. And you have been content creating about yourself Mm -hmm. on all these different platforms for years. Yeah. And that is the world that we're living in now. It's wild because it was not a thing yeah. at all. Like there was no industry. There was no system. It was just pure, unadulterated, unfiltered sharing to share mm -hmm. without any motive or agenda because there was none to attach myself to. Right. And I wanted you to come on to the podcast mm -hmm. because... Every time that I chat with you, I get ideas and inspired to to make something, you know, like to. That's so sweet. <laughs> I feel like as a teacher, mm -hmm. as someone who, you know, sees people kind of in their most vulnerable state, they're in this state like of they don't like where they were at and they want to change it somehow but they don't know how. And they're hoping that they're going to come take my course. And You evolve people. I mean, I'm, it's not just me, but like, it's just, I happen to be in this timeline. I happen to be inserted into people's timeline at this point. Mm -hmm. And so I witness a lot of insecurities and I, I witness a lot of hesitation and a lot of people that just don't feel ready and so like my job is to kind of shake people out of that and just move forward a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not there to evolve them. I cannot do that for someone. Hopefully I'm like opening doors. I'm like, how about this one? How about this one? You yeah. Go this one? yeah. And I want to bring you on because you do that for me. Oh my. <laughs> Damn. Should we get married? <laughs> <laughs> I could use this validation for the rest of my life. Well, <laughs> thank you. Well, no, I mean, it's like people talk about mentors all the time, right? And a lot of times, I think we're very lucky. One, we live in Los Angeles. And there's something about just being surrounded by people that want to create and want to evolve. Yeah. And are very aware of the things that suck about it and trying to deal with it basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like LA sometimes feels like a giant set. Yeah. You walk around the street in downtown and there's like five influencers taking outfit shots. And then you also <laughs> see someone shooting a music video. That's so true. But then there's also a bigger production and of then like a car company doing <laughs> something on the freeway. She's literally pointing outside my window. And then upstairs, there's two people doing a podcast episode. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sometimes it's like, dang. Yeah, not only does the backdrop of LA feel like a movie set, but the people in it sometimes feel like they're always acting and performing performing and performance has been I think something that's just been standing out to me a lot lately I mean everyone makes content in LA it seems hence 
forth it feeling like a movie set Mm -hmm. because everyone's creating at all times. Everyone's a creator here. Everyone's a creative in LA. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Everyone's a creator in some way in LA. So yeah, I think I've just been noticing a lot of performance and then therefore seeing a lack of God forbid this overused word, but authenticity. Well, yeah. And I think that that's natural. Like that has to happen because here's the reality. Social media has only been around for, you know, a decade. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Think about it though. Like, I mean, as a designer, I see other designers like roll their eyes when they see a certain design Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh my God, that again, you know, and it's so much more apparent now with the internet because everybody is copying each other. Yeah. You like see a full life cycle of an idea within weeks. Within weeks. And I think that we are all as the world are just figuring out how to be ourselves online right now. Yeah. We're all trying. I mean, we all have the capability. Most of us have the capability to do it. We have an iPhone and we have access to social media. Mm -hmm. So we're all like, I'm going to try to be myself more online. I was definitely that person. 2014, I didn't have an iPhone. I had an Android. Yeah. And I got an iPhone because I was like, I want to get on Instagram. And like, you couldn't get any of the apps. Oh, yeah. Remember that? You couldn't get any of the apps on Android. So (laughs) I was like, fuck, like everybody's playing all these cool apps like Visco and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I couldn't do it. Whoa. So I got an iPhone and then I was like, I remember I talked to my friend and I said, I'm so tired of being uncomfortable in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just like, I don't know. I feel weird. I feel like I just feel nervous. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to just go be one of those people mm-hmm. and take photos of ourselves like yeah. in a fucking alley in Venice. Yeah. Just one of those people, you know? Yeah. And that's why when I see it, I don't get mad at them for doing that. Like uh, yeah. people roll their eyes and they're like, oh my God, they're so blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, they're working their shit out, man. <laughs> like, yeah. Like they're creating content. Content has become democratized. So you will see it on the street. Totally. It is not only available now to networks with a lot of money and only a few people can be on TV now. Anybody can be a content creator. Yeah. I think that's why TikTok is really interesting because the algorithm is designed around quantity. So it allows people to ship posts so that they can just exist and free flow versus getting in their head about design and like aesthetics and like all these sort of things that I think Instagram put as in a a headspace around. And because the internet was so new, we didn't have the self-awareness to challenge how Instagram was programming our head to make things and how to show up online. Right. And I think that like the future of content there's so much space for people to exist and be and just happen to have that existence be online. And that to me feels like the full circle of the internet where the internet, when we first started was because we were making things because we were existing in this space that had no previous agenda. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember when we were making the internet back then it was not for anyone because there was no way to tell if totally. anyone was looking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I did actually yesterday is I started 
a blog spot again. No way. Yeah. And I was like the full circle. I'm like, well, yeah. I'm, I think I'm more surprised because I was like, blog spot is still alive. Oh, yeah. It is still alive. And it looks the same. What? Yeah, it's great. Why did you start a blog spot? Because I miss old internet. Yeah. I mean, I talk about deja vu quite a bit because I, I do like to collect memories and I do like to revisit them and, you know, sit in those feelings. And I just wanted to know what it was like to have a blog spot and open it up again, because I remember the feeling I had when I first started it, when I first started that chic in 2008 on mm -hmm. Blogspot, And I was like, oh my God, I have a space that's mine that I can talk into the void. And it just became something. Yeah. But yeah, I missed that. And yeah. I missed the free flow of creation. And, you know, I was talking to my friend, Corrine, who runs We're Not Really Strangers. And she did something brilliant where she started a Finsta of the brand account, <laughs> which is brilliant because I'm like, yeah, it, it's a space for her to free flow. Yeah. Because she was getting bogged down by like analytics and stats and like, oh, making sure that we hit these numbers. And that's not how the way her brain works. So she's honoring this urge to exist versus to manufacture. Yeah. I had this thought that came to my head as I've been like trying to dig back deep into like the urge to create again, the urge to tell stories, the urge to document myself and my experiences. I mean, for myself too, I love being able to like take a moment in time, you know, with music and beats and memories and almost creating deja vu in this video that I myself can re-experience, but then having it feel so nuanced that someone else watching it feels all these feelings too that are unearthing things that they've never been able to articulate or like viscerally feel themselves is something that's so magical about video. Yeah. And lately that urge has been feeling really polluted for me. So I'm trying, you know, to like- Why does it feel so polluted? Um, I think it's just like, well, in LA, especially, you know, we had the pandemic, we haven't been able to escape anywhere except in our own heads. And now that there's like a, a small little door, I, I feel like a cat that just like ran for the open door. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, there's an open door and just run out and like be this little frantic feline that's all going throughout town and traveling everywhere and like escaping and chasing parties and like doing all the things I can do in a year and then coming back and being like my hair is everywhere I've gained you know 15 pounds and being like okay okay that was a lot I'm dirty I need to take a shower and like sit with myself yeah but I think that was like the recharge I needed to like get back into video making and make things that feel authentic because I had to have, you know, these experiences to go off of, to be this frantic feline, to, you know, be fucking chaotic for a second. Yeah. And then sitting with myself and being like, what are the lessons from that experience? What are like moments and deja vus that I want to hold on to and re-experience forever? And how do I export that into a video? Mm -hmm. And my gosh, you know, you watch videos sometimes and you're experiencing someone else's memories and those are so powerful, especially when it's done right. Yeah. We always talk about how we like to rewatch our own videos. Yeah. And it sounds so narcissistic, but... I just... Why wouldn't you want to? Exactly. I think that there's some videos I don't want to because I didn't try that hard on them. Or videos that you've completely outgrown that person that was in it. So you're like, I can't even watch who I used to be. Yeah. Because I'm not her anymore. I'm not her anymore. And But the ones that I do rewatch, and like if I can laugh, oh... Yeah. Oh, I love those. Because I'm just <laughs> like, oh my God, I just, I made a moment 
in this video that I get to relive. I want to rewatch my Peru vlog because that was literally the last version of ourselves before pandemic happened. Oh my God. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. Today, many small business owners are busier than ever. And because they are focused on managing and growing their business, they can't always spend the time they wish they could on recruiting, which is a huge task but they still wanna hire great people. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to find and hire the best candidates for free. So if you're looking for help right now, if you are trying to hire someone right now, you can get started by posting your job for free to reach LinkedIn's network of 740 million professionals. Woohoo! And you can fill out targeted screening questions to get your role in front of the most qualified candidates with the experience, skills, and motivation you need. And then when all those candidates start rolling in, it's easy to filter and prioritize the top candidates you'd like to interview. And that's what it's about. LinkedIn Jobs is here to help you hire the right person for your role. Okay, here's a crazy stat. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? 40 million, that's a lot. So get your job out there. Post your first job for free at linkedin.com slash girlboss. That's linkedin.com slash girlboss to post your first job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You've been a content creator. You've been an influencer this whole world since college, since high school, since high school and half my life, half your life. And now you're making a living from it. So you're you're making money from it. You have a pretty good living now. Yeah, I would say I've definitely been very lucky. I think it's also one of those things that like as you get older, you accumulate, you know, networks, experiences, connections, relationships. I mean, I'm 31. I've been doing this 15, 17 years, 18 years. I don't know. <laughs> The number has stayed the same for a long time. <laughs> I've been lucky that people have just been like watching along and being like, oh, I want to be a part of that world. But I think it just took me a long time too to establish this platform, this storyline, this idea of who I am, how I create. And not intentionally, I was just putting, you know, video diaries out too. And, mm -hmm. you know, some things are a lot more intentional, like how-to videos. But yeah, I make a living off of it now. But I never did it full time. Like when I was blogging and stuff, I never did that full time or Instagram full time like a lot of other people. And why is that? I think I was just like very afraid of getting too in my head about it. And even still to this day, I don't like having my income heavily rely on an insulated part of just me. I want to be able to like sprawl out and not have myself attached too much to my living. Because what happens? You don't get perspective. No, I think that when you're tying yourself too much, like you as a person, too much to your output, too much to your living and your financial stability, there's a lot of room for compromises. Oh. There's a lot of room for mistakes. You want leverage. Yeah. And also like, it's very easy for ego to get involved in that and get lost in that. And it's like, mm -hmm. that's not a good look. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I've, I've had to check myself before many times and be like, whoa, 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 like that, that doesn't feel right to me. And I need to pull away from it right now. And you know, there's times I've messed up. I'm not perfect. But, yeah. Um, you know, I make these mistakes in order to pull myself, reel myself back and ground myself. 
Because at the end of the day, I feel like you love it and you don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to taint it. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel. Like I know that I can make a living as a content creator, mm -hmm. but I'm hesitant to do it full time as well because I, I haven't figured out how to do it completely and not compromise. Yeah. Because right now the business of content creators and influencers is mostly based off of brand partnerships. Yeah. That's starting to feel very antiquated in many ways because it's like, it's not innovative, really. You know, it, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. It's not innovative. And when I say innovative, I mean brands just being very lazy about and picking a few people that they're like, I want my product to show up on your feed and like, we're going to collaborate and you're going to make content for us. But like, really, it's just advertising. And that is the way I've like made money from being on YouTube and stuff. It's like kind of selling the attention of viewership, which is starting to feel more and more icky unless it's done right, brand partnerships, but that's like such a high bar to hit nowadays for it to feel really, really authentic. And it's like, oh, here's a sprinkle of a ad. But I feel like lately, since we do vote with our money, it's like skipping that middleman of like advertising and allowing viewers to put money into the pocket of the creators that they like to consume. Like Patreon. Yeah, because it's like if we want to stop consuming and buying and like supporting a creator by like buying into this dress and it's like, oh, you're you're an influencer creator. Like, let me help support by like showing your brand sponsorships that like you have a return on investment. Instead, I'd rather just give you my money and like try to train myself too to buy less. Right. There's like so many like pockets that hits, you know, sustainability, consuming less, et cetera, et cetera. It's like a weird carbon slash financial economic footprint of being able to just skip the middle man of someone trying to peg off products and services and just being like, let me just give you the money. Yeah. Like, I don't want ads anymore. I just want to pay you to just make stuff so I can listen to you and watch you. Yeah. It's so interesting. It is. Who do you subscribe to? Do you do any Patreons? Um, I have recently actually just subscribed to Sai Swoon. She's great. She has just like these amazing like conversations and like rants and stuff. So I was like, okay, I want to see like what's deeper inside the brain. And I think that there is something really cool about like looking into the mind map of someone's like mental interface mm -hmm. and having access to that. Because I've been toying around this, with this idea of like, you know, there's a lot of time I spend like researching school of thoughts, ideas, songs, music, things that inspire me. And I gatekeep that. But what if I didn't have to anymore and someone could pay to see that? But then another part of me is like, well, that seems incredibly narcissistic. So like, I think with every sort of version of like putting yourself online for financial compensation, there's going to be some sort of pro and con and weird compromise, which is just the very LA nature of trying to monetize your personality in some way. Yeah. It's so weird to like when you decided to start your vlog on YouTube, mm -hmm. did you ever feel this hesitation of, oh my God, how narcissistic am I going to get? I'm going to now like talk about myself like every day. Cause I felt like that when I was vlogging, there was like a part of me that was very excited about it because I really wanted to do it. And I love video and I love creating these moments. But then there's another part of me that was a little like, is this too narcissistic? Mm -hmm. But then every now and then I'll get a comment 
from someone or I'll get an email from someone that's like, thank you for doing your YouTube video. And I'm this person, this person, and somehow we had this conversation, but we didn't have this, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. You, of course, you know what I mean? It feels like a one way conversation until you realize it's not. Mm -hmm. And then there's so much magic that happens in video making and creating community and having a community to talk to and having the community talk to each other. But to answer your question, when I first started YouTube, no, the more and more I'm online, the more insecure and in my head I become because I'm exposed to so much more opinions and thoughts and like seeing that reflection of myself through other people, your vision of yourself starts to warp a little bit. And I'm just trying to step back and being like, they're a reflection right now. They're not judging me, but I'm judging the reflection. So therefore I need to pull back and understand what I want to put out and how I want to be perceived so that what's reflecting back to me is something that I'm proud of. Maybe you went through this cycle then. Oh yeah, that's a very acute observation. I did go through a cycle because I had the blog first. So how I was being perceived through just, you know, still photos and writing wasn't exactly the reflection I wanted. That's why I didn't do it full time. But when I started a video, I started it because there wasn't anything I wanted to watch. I didn't feel represented in the content I was seeing on YouTube, which was, you know, I was 23, 24 when I started. And I was working an office job. I was getting into skincare and there wasn't anything that I wanted to watch on YouTube where it felt like a part of me. And then everything also felt so manufactured once again. So I, you know, I watch my trailer video every now and then. And like, I listen to my voiceover. And then one of the things I say is like, I'm missing raw moments. I want to create things that feel raw and unedited and just real because that was really missing on YouTube. And that kind of segues into, you know, conversations that we have with people, community, et cetera, who like want to create and they get in their heads about it. And it's like, you know, I started making things because I didn't feel represented. And there's so much conversation right now where content is democratized, but yet there's still a lack of representation and a lack of voices. But at the same time, the space feels really crowded and noisy and it doesn't have to be. Well, and I think that's like the most critical people I feel like are asking and are thinking the right things because they feel weird, right? They feel icky. They're like, I'm hesitating to post or I'm hesitating to make content because it's not where I want it to be. Mm -hmm. But what I try to tell them is like, no, 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 that's great because you have a strong perspective. Yeah. You really have deal breakers that you're like, I don't want that. I don't want to see that shit anymore. Totally. And I'm like, oh my God, that's great. You that's have the best content to watch. That's the creative brief right there. I just want those people to get online <laughs> and feel confident yeah. in their ideologies and school of thoughts and like having a space to, I say this all the time to you, spaghetti on the wall and seeing what sticks. She loves pasta. <laughs> I love pasta. <laughs> Hello Fresh. So I'm sure you've heard of HelloFresh. It's the recipes and groceries delivered right to your door. Basically skipping the grocery store. And it makes you feel like you know how to cook. <laughs> so if you never heard of HelloFresh, let me tell you a little bit about it. So HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items each week, including ready to eat salads, sandwiches, 
and soups. I love soups. Even if it's a hot day, I love a soup. The best part about it, I tried out HelloFresh, and what I really liked about it is it really sticks to the 30 minute or less dinner. And you know what? Sometimes I finished in like 15 minutes. Yeah. I had a chili and it was so good. It was like perfect. And it had all of the fixins too. You know, the stuff that you want to put on top, like the scallions, sour cream, all the good stuff. It was just all there, packed up for you, ready to go. And the value is really good. HelloFresh is 28% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store and 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal. And it's fresh. Okay, here we go though. What's the deal? Because this offer is nuts. So go to hellofresh.com slash girlboss14 and use code girlboss14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. I know, I know, 14 free meals. Let me say it one more time. Go to hellofresh.com slash girlboss14 and use code girlboss14 for up to 14 meals plus free shipping. You were saying before that you kind of hesitated to go full-time, but then why did you go full-time? Like when did you realize it could be a job? Well, I mean, I, a lot of my friends at this point had already started doing blogging full-time and I was like, you know, that's cool. I just thought, hey, if I'm going to like walk the talk, which is I'm going to throw myself into something really wholeheartedly and fully and show up, then I just have to show up. And if I want to be received fully, I have to put myself out there fully. I have to like throw myself into this project and just see where it takes me. Like, how could you be raw if like you're only one foot in the door? So that's one reason. What were you not doing? Oh, because you just weren't. I wasn't doing it full time. So it was like, it'd be like, how can you be raw and like vulnerable with somebody if like on the other end of it, I'm doing something else. So I threw myself into being like, okay, there's no looking back right now. I'm just going to go full in and put all my love, energy, and effort into this. The second reason I went full time was because I built myself a net. And that net was I reached out to AG Jeans and they were like my first YouTube sponsor. And the way I, I wanted to approach sponsorships was different than like how I've been doing it in the past, which, you know, the past of being on static blogs has given me a lot of like fuel to understand how to converse and have a better brand deal of something that I would feel comfortable with. But essentially that gave me like a financial net to be like, okay, the intent of me jumping off is to put myself out there fully. The second thing is knowing that there's a financial net to hold me there. Yeah. So when you decided to go full time, I kind of remember this moment because you decided that you really wanted to do video and there was a spark about you. Like you were just excited and you wanted to like go all in. Yeah. I mean, I was tired of what I was seeing on the internet. And if I was going to throw myself into a passion project, I was going to do it fully. But of course, you know, you can't just do that without being like, how am I going to exist and live and pay for everything and pay for everything? So, yeah, I mean, one of the first sponsorships of my channel was AG Jeans and something that I haven't done in the past and I haven't really seen was at the time, a lot of brands would do these like one off things where they would just be like, do this one post and that's it. And there wasn't much relationship building. So I was like, you know what, I've like accumulated relationships, brands that I've worked with and I like, and 
AG was one of them. And I reached out to them and I was like, hey, I'm starting this YouTube channel and I would love if you guys can support. So I kind of like created this whole like presentation. I like made a video for them that like never got posted, but it's sort of like a teaser of like what their content could look like on my channel. And then I did like a deliverable list of like, okay, if we work together for six months, I'll post a video every other month. And these are the topics I could talk about. It was like, you know, a lookbook behind the scenes of like making my own jeans. So I had like a content list of things that I wanted to make for the brand that I could see living on my channel. Yeah. So I like kind of really like hustled and like finagled a strategy for myself. That was a win-win for both the brand and for myself. And it was the first time that I felt very comfortable with a brand partnership because it was on my terms and I was able to paint that picture for myself. Yeah. And so then when you were talking to them, did they say yes right away? Yeah. I mean, they were really interested. I think that leading with that video, because at first they're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, hey, guys, I made this video for you guys. Like, So you did some free work. Yeah. But the free work wasn't work that either of us was going to take away. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything that I was like, oh, I'm giving you free advertisement or like you guys get to use this video. It was purely just let me tickle your imagination. Mm. Let me tickle what possibilities could be. Yeah. I love doing that. I love to tease and be like, oh, this is the world of possibility. Yeah. Let me just give you an inkling of it. And I think what's cool about like, you know, it's so funny because now I'm like reading your emails in this course and One thing that's so important about brand partnerships and being able to find a long-term partner is to kind of write some good emails, you know, that's just like succinct. It has the things that you are wanting, but it's also... It's being aware of like what another person wants and like painting something that they didn't even know they wanted. Right. Yeah. That's like the magic. You do that so well, (laughs) honestly, because like, I was just like, whoa, I don't even, I don't even go this far. Like you did another thing where you had a pitch for a road trip that you wanted to take. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we talk about this in our freelancing course, but I think that there is, (sighs) relationshipability. Is that even a word? I don't know. No, but I'm going to use it anyway. (laughs) Where it's like, okay, treat work relationships, the hustle as if they are your friends. How do you become closer with a friend? It's seeing them before they see themselves. This also helps. I work on both ends of, you know, as like front facing and back end Mm -hmm. of the content world. Yeah. So it's like, making someone else's job easier. Right. Which is when I was working with Kuyana, I had this idea for a road trip and I was like, I want to go on a solo road trip and I hope that someone can like help me pay for it because I want to do it in a very specific way. Mm -hmm. So I basically created the itinerary. I did all the work of like, this is how it's going to pan out. All I need is someone to say yes and maybe like I can integrate a few products that I like, which happen to be Kiana and they have these amazing leather good products that, you know, go well with travel. So like I just took Kiana products with me and yeah, I essentially made this pitch that it was like, you say yes to it or you say no to it. There's really no discussion because it's already out on the table. Yeah. And I've already like hopefully tickled enough of your imagination with things I've done in the past, things I'm looking forward to and like mood boarding and talking about the fruition of ideas 
you have really, because like with influencers, with content creators, myself including, it's always like I'm getting inbound. Mm-hmm. But you really are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to actually outbound <laughs> and I'm going to really control the narrative. Mm. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I mean, obviously I knew that, but to actually see like a presentation that you've created, to see like the emails that you write, to kind of just tease it, but also like get someone excited about it. I'm like, I mean, I want to do that now, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And I think that's the thing about content creation. Like all the stuff that we are rolling our eyes about, we actually have more control of it than we think. Yeah, I mean, okay, here's like a big missing link that just clicked for me is like, I like to create experiences. Videos are experiences. I like to walk somebody through my mind and like the possibilities. So like even when I'm pitching things, it's like I'm making an experience. Mm -hmm. I include video, I include sound, I include like... I include excitement, Mm -hmm. you know, to like get someone on board. But that's like, I think something that's also missing in today's content. There's not an experience. Even when you watch like a cool video and stuff, it's like, this is cool. It's pretty. The music's great, but something doesn't click. And you're like, why? Because it's not an experience. It's not something that leads you through feeling up and down and in it and like, I love that. I miss doing that. Yeah. Talking about it right now, I'm like, fuck, I'm sparked. I'm I'm (laughs) hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I want to do it. Yeah. And that's where when you forget about that, that's when it becomes transactional because that's going to happen. It will happen. It will happen because the way that content is created now, how much content is needed for brands to market, Mm -hmm. for people to keep other people's attention. Yeah. The problem is, is that things are so fast Mm-hmm. and so off the cuff but then there is a point where it turns from off the cuff and raw to not even thought through to manufactured because you're keeping up with a monster that doesn't exist yeah and you're I think that's why I really like your approach and how content creators if you want to do this is to take a step back and pause and tell the brand like, hey, actually, I would love to work with you. But like that deadline is probably too soon for you to really think through it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like I always think about when you were saying say no, you don't also have to just say no. You can just delay it mm-hmm. to to give yourself that time to create that experience. Or like wish listing people. Yeah. Like make a wish list of who you want to work with, who you want to be, the type of viewers you want to have. Those are things that like, I mean, I'm not going to get woo-woo-y, but like manifesting sort of like the world that you're creating. Because like when you have enough experiences, those experiences eventually start to like compound into Mm -hmm. a world. Mm -hmm. And that world can compound into a universe. I love creating a world for myself. And I tell other people that too. It's like, what's the world that you're inviting somebody to live in? Mm -hmm. And I think we get tied up on like content creating and stuff like that. But I really do think that this is like a way to exist and that you just happen to be content creating and everything, all the content becomes natural because you're already existing in a way that you're inviting people into a world. You're making things that feel authentic to you. The way you're communicating with brands and creating relationships is authentic. And now if there's just a camera on it, it sits right. Mm-hmm. Versus 
versus being like, I'm going to strategize how to make a world and therefore this is the content I need to make and manufacture. That feels a little bit backwards versus having a serendipitous lens into your world. Mm -hmm. That mental shift in how we look at content creating is going to have an end result that feels authentic. If I were to quantify how people make authentic content that people want to watch, it's not thinking about the content you want to make, but just living in it and knowing that there's a subjective lens that gets to watch it. The lens being this camera right here. It's like, I'm just living, I'm just talking, I'm just doing me. I'm not thinking about talking points. People who think more logical are probably thinking like, what are the building blocks? How do I create the building blocks? But it's like, no, 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 just exist. Just do you. Mm -hmm. As if you're recording yourself, if you're vlogging, for instance, just do you and like have the lens pick up on how you are existing instead of just like performing. People are performing a lot. Mm. I totally get that because when you were talking about the lens, it's this feedback that sometimes we're so scared of, mm -hmm. whether it's from other people or ourselves, whether it's that moment where we cringe because we're like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Or when you see something and you can't believe they did that. But all of those things, as opposed to stopping you from creating, like use that lens, use that as a way to keep building. Yes, totally. I mean, like that's part of the process, right? It's like allowing the lens, this camera, whatever medium you work with, whether you're a painter, whether you are a musician, whether you're a video artist, those are all different lenses. The canvas is a lens, the microphone's a lens, this camera's a lens. Those are lenses that just capture your being. And when it goes out in the world, the world becomes a reflection. And then you start to see yourself in a different way, especially how we're perceived. And I think a lot of people are afraid to be perceived differently than how they intended. You know, yeah. there's a lot of times that impact doesn't match intent and people are afraid of that. I'm afraid of it. It's definitely hindered me so many times from making things that feel right. And like what once started as, you know, this YouTube channel where I just wanted it to be raw and real and all this sort of stuff started to become a little bit more manufactured, putting a little bit more thought into it, being a little bit afraid of my reflection but that's just part of the process. And it's like, okay, why don't I sit with this reflection and see why I don't like it? How do I fix that? How do I be better? What do I want to see? Yeah. Because you're going to go through that. You have to feel that way. It's evolving. I think when people are like, oh my God, I hate feeling like this. I'm like, yeah, but that's going to get you to the next part. Yeah. <laughs> Discomfort always pushes you to evolve and you know, I've definitely been in holes and ruts where I'm like, I'm not happy with this or like, I'm not feeling good about myself or like the internet's making me feel a certain way. And, <laughs> and then at the end of the day, it's like, well, I don't have to internalize all that. Mm -hmm. I could just look at it and pick apart how I want to grow from it mm -hmm. and trust that like my intent is to always be a better person mm -hmm. and build off of that instinct to be like, those are the things that I think will make me be a better person because it just feels right to me. And yeah. my intent is to be a better person. And, you know, the impact of something I've made didn't match my intent. And let me reflect on that. Maybe it's privilege. Maybe it's me not really 
educating myself properly. Like there's so many action points from a reflection that I'm able to work on myself and be like, how do I expand and be better? Yeah. And that feedback, this whole cyclical thing, this is why content creating can be so fun if it's an experience. And that is an experience to listen to the perceptions and, you know, continue evolving in ways that feel right to you. Mm-hmm. And then when the mirror, which is like, you know, the audience, the world, when they're seeing that growth and like maybe feeling that they were a part of it too, suddenly this narrative keeps going full circle. It keeps growing up and like, hey, we're all growing together. We're all growing together. We're moving, we're moving. And that's beautiful momentum. It's hard to find that little magic spot of momentum of like cyclicating with the world around you based on the things that you're making. But that's the magic of content creating that I think a lot of people miss out on. But that's also consistently doing it. Yes. Yeah. There is a consistency there. But you know what? Sometimes inconsistency is consistent. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning like... Uh, like you don't have to post every day. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because I'm that too. I don't post every day either. Or like even being inconsistent with your thoughts and your ideas. And like yeah. sometimes you contradict each other. But like, right. I think that we don't have enough room for nuance. I don't think we have enough room that like, yeah, we're human. And like part of being human is being a walking contradiction of yourself. <laughs> so that's going to happen. And like allowing room for people to do that. This episode is brought to you by Gusto. Okay, this is legit. I am such a fan of Gusto. I was really excited when they wanted to sponsor this episode because I love Gusto, (laughs) truly. So you might be like, okay, okay. So what is it? What is Gusto? So Gusto is an easy online payroll and benefits service built for me, built for modern small businesses. It's a one-stop shop. It's the place where I pay. It's where I do payroll. It's where we do benefits. It's where I can bring on contractors. But there's all these other things that I didn't know I needed, like how to stay compliant, how to be compliant in your specific state. And then like all of these other HR questions What I love about Gusto is that not only is their customer support super awesome, but the way that the UI is set up, it's like a checklist. It's like this small business checklist and you just go in there and you're like, okay, what do I need to press? And you kind of get this like small business crash course as you grow, which is amazing because it's like, this is the last thing that I want to think about truly and it helps with everything i mean it helps with time tracking with health insurance 401ks onboarding commuter benefits offer letters like it's really no surprise that 94 percent of their customers are likely to recommend gusto like listen listen to me listen to me i am i am a gusto customer and i'm like thank you so here's the best part because you're a listener you get three months totally free three months that is enough payrolls for you to be like oh wait i haven't thought about payrolls in three months exactly so all you have to do is go to gusto.com backslash girlboss that's gusto.com backslash girlboss and i am telling you you're gonna love it you're gonna love it 
There's no other platform that does this as well as Gusto does. Here's a fact. Even if Gusto didn't sponsor this episode, I would have told you about it anyways, somehow. I would have slipped it in one of these episodes. Anyways, I'm a fan, Gusto. Thanks so much. <laughs> Damn, she's obsessed. I know, shut up. I do, I love Gusto. You were talking about how it's basically this um, evolution <laughs> and then you're like picking up people along the way. Do you feel like that about Ward? Yeah. So Ward is Rachel's community. Yeah, I mean, Ward has definitely... So Ward is this online community that I started on Slack. I wouldn't say that I necessarily maintain it because it's definitely a community effort. But I started it because I was seeing so many amazing comments and conversations that were happening in the comment section on top of like my inbox DMs being constantly filled with like people being like asking me for advice. And I just felt like a walking therapist, Yeah, sometimes unsolicitedly. So it would be like receiving trauma dumps in your inbox while you're driving <sighs> is kind of like, oh my God, I accidentally opened this and it's like a trauma dump and I can't leave this person on red, but I'm driving and I don't know what to do. That would happen to me a lot. Yeah, And I just felt so bad. I was like, I was holding people's like trauma and guilt. Yeah. To a point where I was like, there needs to be another arena where this is aired out that's not directed towards me. And so I started a Slack group and it's so funny because I recently found this email that I emailed Slack because as I was like building out this idea board, I was like, where should it live? So I emailed Slack and I was like, hey, I think like I want to start a community. I think like a hundred people are going to be in. What sort of like plans are there? And would it support like a hundred people having conversations? And they're like, hey, I don't really just do it. <sighs> I was like, okay. So I did it. And now there's like 7,000 people in it mm -hmm. or have signed up for it. Yeah. And especially in the pandemic, that's like when Ward was like popping off. Like we were just online all day, every day. And just like creating the most beautiful friendships. And it was really fun. And you know, with all great things, things come to a bubble in a head and it hits the point where it needs to evolve. And part of the evolution process was like how I've originally structured out the hierarchy of moderators and how that actually became less productive than it was intended. So again, intent versus impact. What happened? It was just that, like the way it was structured was like I was sort of at the top and like mods sort of felt like they had to like wait for my approval for something, mm. you know, it's just like any sort of hierarchical political things that could happen. And it was like within our own little, little bubble on the internet and yeah. it sort of like imploded. So it's like, we're moving into community modding and, you know, there's still so much work that I need to do with Ward as far as like building foundations and rules and stuff. But I just, you know, I haven't had the emotional capacity to do so. And that goes again with like, you know, sometimes being inconsistent is consistent. That is like a big part about building a community and then creating a very intentional space. Because yeah. there's a difference between having YouTube comments mm -hmm. and then having a Slack that's like, all we're going to be doing is talking, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Which like you have a Slack too on I Love Creatives. Yeah. And it's one of the best parts of I Love Creatives, but it's also one of the most emotionally draining parts. But I think that just requires you to rethink how it's structured, which is like what I had to do with Ward. It's like, yeah. cause right now you probably feel the weight of everyone asking you questions. 
Yeah. Or it's not just me. It's really our TAs, like your mods. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's for some reason, people already assume I'm too busy or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But our TAs don't. And there's this level of customer service. Yeah. That is like almost expected of people. Yeah. And we have to figure out ways to communicate that, you know, because our intent is to be helpful. Our intent is to you know, talk and be a community and help you through these things. Mm -hmm. But then there's like these weird, nuanced times where it's like, that's too much. And how do you communicate that to another person over the internet and not make them feel bad and just help them understand? So I, I, I totally feel you. And I think like when you talk about building a world, this is like another facet of it. It's not a video, but it's just another place where you have to take that feedback. And Mm -hmm. it's not that it's like you, like I know you want to keep building Ward and I want our Slack channel and our community to grow too. But like sometimes it does need that pause. Yeah. Pause just like rethink like what's going on. I don't really need the pause right now from (laughs) creators, but I mean, I can feel like we've had those kinds of pauses in different ways. Yeah. I mean, I think that just goes back to like something I try to actively practice, which is not being reactionary. Yeah. And it's so often like, even with like when political things happen, it's like quick reactions all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, people are just regurgitating things or reacting and they're not actually thinking about impact. Yeah. So it's like, When we started to abolish the moderating system, you know, I've taken a long pause just to like really sit and think through it. And, you know, with YouTube too, I'm like taking a pause because the stuff I was making didn't feel right to me. So it's like, how do I regroup and make things that feel right? Or even like when political things happen, we're so quick to be expected to like have an opinion on something. It's like, no, 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 let's like honor pauses. And like allow that breathing room to happen so that real change, real opinions can happen Mm -hmm. and that we're not performing to keep up because, because a lot of people don't take pause. So maybe someone's tired of like the content that they're making. And then therefore, instead of pausing to regroup, they feel like they're chasing something that actually doesn't exist. Therefore, they're making things that doesn't connect with their audience. Therefore, they feel attacked by the algorithm. Therefore, they feel... Like they just are losing sight of it, but it's like, it's okay to like take a pause. Don't feel like people are so invested in you. Like that's (laughs) sort of, there's a thousand million people people are following. Like it's so funny to think that like the attention that we receive, we feel entitled to it and that we feel like it's always going to be there. And that like the attention is like, oh my gosh, I'm going to take a three-week pause and I'm going to apologize for it when most people don't even realize you're gone for three weeks. <laughs> it's like it's like you ran away from Instagram and you came back three weeks later, but no one really noticed. So like, does that not give you a little bit of perspective on like how small our attention spans are yeah. and like how the attention that we actually receive actually doesn't really mean that much. So don't put that much weight on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a good reminder. That is such a good reminder. Okay, I'm going to end this. Okay. Thank you so much. Oh my God. Thanks for having me. I know we went on like so many deep tangents, tangents, but um, no, talking to you has always been great. I really want to just like iterate a takeaway from like all these rants and stuff is 
One, I just want people to feel confident and loved in what they make. I want people to know that there's room for their voices and their perspectives. Secondly, I want people to do things better than we do. I find the biggest compliment to me when I make things, the biggest validation for me is when I see somebody who's consuming me is like tenfold more talented than me. Yeah. That's like the biggest compliment. So, you know, I'm hoping that everyone listening here is like tenfold more talented than we are. And if you're not right now, you're going to work towards it mm. because you're going to be that person because mm. you're going to, you're going to evolve better than we could. And the last takeaway is, I don't know. Don't take yourself so seriously. I know I do that myself sometimes, but there's some, there's some fun in laughing. Oh my God. I love laughing. You know, you're so good at not taking yourself seriously. <laughs> Someone told me once or told Daniel and I once that we're generous laughers. You are. <laughs> Yeah, but I also know you've told me this before and you told me your three levels of laughter. <laughs> I have? Yes, and I know that's like level one or something. <laughs> <laughs> and the one before was like level three. <laughs> if you have that backwards, I don't remember. Oh yeah, I think it was because when we were in Peru, we were laughing so hard we, were, we weren't breathing anymore. Yeah. There was like a lot of sweating up behind the knees and the being in the and peeing a little in your underwear. <laughs> oh my God. That was so fun. Let's go to Peru again. Okay. Cool. Okay. All See right. you there. Bye. Bye. <laughs>Thank you so much, Rachel. Now, if you're like, I want to know who this girl is, check out That Chic, T-H-A-T-S-C-H-I-C, Chic, on YouTube or Instagram. And also, if you're interested in checking out our course, go to ilovecreatives.com and it should be there somewhere. <laughs> we didn't get to go into it too deep in this episode, but like I said before, Rachel is super transparent. I'm super transparent. And it's almost like you're a fly on the wall and her desktop <laughs> and my desktop. And you get to hear and see everything from emails that we've written to brands to pitch decks. We have over a hundred worksheets that help you with your creative process to actually build out a creative brief that can then help you develop programming for your channel. There's a lot of good stuff in there. So if you love the podcast, leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts because it always makes us smile and just lets us know that we're on the right path. Girl Boss Radio is a production of I Love Creative Studio, original music composed by Nija. And this episode was produced by Courtney Kosak. Engineering was done by Michael Castaneda. Our editorial director is Clemence. And special thanks to Nora Agency, Vita, and Nicole. Until next week, Puno out. See ya. Bye. Peace. Bye.